Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to our number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Football Friday, June the 10th, 2022, and whether you're listening on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're listening via the live stream, which can be found on ESPNTucson.com or via your Alexa-enabled devices, I do appreciate you tuning in here on this uh, Football Friday and every weekday morning from 7 to 9 as we try to bring it uh, to you live and local, try to keep you entertained and uh, keep the opinions flowing and keep the news going as well. We appreciate you tuning in. I know that you have a choice of where to get that information, and appreciate you choosing the Jeff Dean Show. Uh, let's go ahead and do some D-backs tickets here for the uh, for the 8 o'clock hour. A pair of D-backs tickets to go see the uh, Diamondbacks take on the Twins Saturday, June 18th. Let's take. Let's just do it again. Caller number 3, 520-719-1490. That's kind of been a lucky number for us. 719-1490. Caller number three will get themselves a pair of tickets to go see the D-backs and the Twins next Saturday. Good luck. Dial now, uh, 520-719-1490 is the phone number. Good luck and enjoy the game. We also are going to have some more tickets to things to give away next week. Got a little... uh, uh, Dropped a little information on me from the uh, promotions department last night. Saw that we've got some things coming up next week that we're going to be giving away, so be tuned in for that as well. And if you don't win today's tickets this morning, you can always have one more shot to win those D-backs tickets today, this afternoon with Spears and Ali from 3 to 6. You know, also, the, you know, we we have a lot of sports here. They're not just sports talk. We have live sports here on ESPN Tucson. As you heard yesterday, immediately following the show, we went right to the D-backs and the Reds game. Tonight, we will be uh, letting Spears and Ali have their fun all the way till 6 o'clock, and then we will be joining Game 4 of the NBA Finals in progress uh, at 6 p.m. So immediately following Spears and Ali, you can uh, stay right here, listen to the broadcast of the game of game 4 of the NBA Finals coming up uh, immediately following Spears and Ali's show today. All right, lots of NFL to talk about this morning. There's, you know, specifically Cardinal stuff. There's a lot of Cardinal stuff in the news, uh, as there was, you know, some a press conference had yesterday. Cliff Kingsbury made a joke that didn't go over well with the LA media. Uh, it, I mean, obviously a joke that it just didn't sit well with them. The Raiders extended her, uh, Hunter Renfro, wide receiver Hunter Renfro, gave him a two-year, $32 million extension worth $21 million guaranteed. So Renfro gets locked up uh, for a little while longer. He gets paid. He's earned it. He's a, uh, he's a tough customer, and uh, he brings it every single game. And I'm not surprised uh, watching him when he played at Clemson and all the, you know, all the things that he did there as the undersized, under-athleticized, if you will, wide receiver and uh, just winning ball games for them and uh, he's a baller and uh, it's Devontae Adams Devontae Adams is in Las Vegas for like six minutes and he's like oh Hunter Renfro is a lot like I am okay <laughs> okay buddy just keep saying that just say you like the guy I really like and I'm looking forward to being his teammate as opposed to being like he's a lot like me 
you know, I hear things about Devontae Adams. People are like, he's a really good guy. Like, he's, you know, he's really a nice guy, and he's you know, got the team involved, and yet he says things and does things that make you believe that that's just crap. Like, that's just, that's just lip service. Like, that's not true. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still, the jury's still out for me on Devontae Adams. I'm not exactly sure what he is. Cardinals linebacker Zaven Collins yesterday had uh, you know, spoke with the media quite, you know, quite candidly, honestly. Uh, and in, if you if you read Tyler Drake's articles on Arizona Sports, you can read and, and you can see and hear the entire uh, uh, the entire interview with uh, with Zaven Collins. And you know, it's interesting because he was very upfront with a lot of the things that he you know that, that happened last year. And he came in as as the rookie and drafted in the first round. Was supposed to supplant Jordan Hicks. In fact, Jordan Hicks was told that he was going to be released or traded from the team. Yet showed up for all the camps, all the OTAs, all the mini camps. Showed up for everything. Showed up every day, and went out there and started every game for the Cardinals at Mike Backer, and took ninety percent of the defensive snaps at that position. Whereas Zaven Collins, by the end of the year was relegated to just playing special teams. In fact, he played 35 35% of his of the of the, he played 35% of the special teams snaps for the Cardinals and only played 20% of the defensive snaps for the Cardinals. This is a first round draft pick. Now, in his, you know, in his own words, and look, I listen, I give the guy credit. He was he he really was upfront and very very honest with the media. Um you know, basically, you know, what he said was, uh, you know, I was uh, I was injured, first of all. He had he, had said, he said he had a couple of, of shoulder injuries, um, one that was uh, one that was one that occurred in the Cleveland game and one that occurred in the Green Bay game. They got beat up in that Green Bay game, by the way. There was a lot of injuries that day, and it wasn't just Kyler. Uh, apparently, it was also Zayvon Collins and a few other guys. He said that he also had a lot of bad practices at Arizona last year with the with the Cardinals said that there were there were times where he just was lost and did not show the ability to go out there and play the position let alone run the defense which is what is expected a lot of times of the Mike backer said he made a lot of mental errors last year and that he feels like he's cleaned those up said he still talks to Jordan Hicks Jordan Hicks of course got moved in the offseason, you know, went and found himself a, a, a nice landing spot. So uh, I, I was – it's it's refreshing to see when a guy just, you know, takes to the microphone and is like, yeah, it was on me. Yeah, yeah, sure, I had an injury and stuff like that. I was fighting through some shoulder injuries and whatnot, and that limited my playing time and limited my practice time. But also I was a knucklehead, and uh, I wasn't picking up the defense. I wasn't understanding it. I didn't have good practices. And, you know, in this league – you practice. You, you practice to earn your PT, and I didn't practice well enough to earn that PT, and that's why I didn't play. So, <laughs> it's good to see that because you know he's, he's self-reflecting now, and he's able to apply that, and hopefully turns into a, a much better season for him. Because honestly, it couldn't get much worse for Zayvon Collins, being the first-round pick of the of the team, and not even getting a sniff of the field most of the time. So, um, but again, it's it's always good to you know, to be able to be honest with yourself and that allows you to be honest with others and, you know, all those other things that go along with it. Uh, but I think it's, I think it's good. It shows maturity. Um, you know, the, he said that, that he learned a lot from failing last year, which 
is great. Uh, you know, I mean, you have to be able to make mistakes and learn from them. You know, like one of my, like my lifelong credo, basically, not no regrets like they do in We're the Millers. My lifelong credo is never make the same mistake twice. Like, make a mistake. You're supposed to make mistakes. That's what we do. <laughs> but it's also how we learn. And if you learn well enough, you won't make the same mistake twice. Yet, you know, I have. I'm, I'm certainly not perfect in that. <laughs> I did a couple of things. And I'm like, mm, why did I do that a second time? But nonetheless, you try to learn what you can. And Zayvon Collins is applying that the same way. Uh, he said, it's not always going to be a Cinderella story. He said, it's life. That's what it is. And if everything was easy, then I'd, uh, I, it'd be too good to be true. You got to go through something. And if that's the hardest thing I have to go through in my NFL career, I think we're going to be all right. So good to see a positive attitude out of him after what was, a, you know, really honestly a, a bad season uh, for him last year. Didn't get to play much. Now, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, <laughs> uh, before I get into, let's, let's talk about more serious news first, before I get into the joke, because I think the joke is what's going to make the headlines here. Tyler, at the, at the press conference today, Tyler Drake, our Cardinals insider, was at the press conference today, and I know the voice. I've talked to Tyler a thousand times. He asked Cliff Kingsbury, as he said on our show, that he would ask him about why Kyler had decided to show up for one day and not show up for the others. Now, Cliff Kingsbury says, you'll have to ask him on that, and then moved on to the next question very quickly. Now, I thought... <laughs> I thought that these were excused absences for Kyler Murray because that's what the Cardinals told us. Oh, these were absences that were excused. We knew they were going to happen. Uh, it, everything's fine. There's, there's nothing to report here. Everything's fine. But then when asked yesterday, when Tyler asked him, hey, why did Kyler just show up for the one day and then not show up for the others? Cliff said, you're going to have to ask him about that and then moved on very quickly, like immediately moved away to the next question. Is it possible that maybe, just maybe, there is a real communication disconnect between Kyler Murray and the team? And and I'm going to put it on Kyler. I'm going to put it all on Kyler because he's the one that's under contract. He's the one that's expected to be there. He, regardless of if you're in dispute of your contract and you, in my opinion, wrongfully feel that you have outperformed your rookie contract, then, uh, you know, it, 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 regardless if you feel that way, you still got to show up for work. Like, you can't just sit out and pout and be a non-communicator, be a, non, not, you know, a, a non-contributor, and expect the team to extend the olive branch to you and be like, hey, you know what, we really, really believe in you. And even though you haven't shown up for us this offseason and you've scrubbed your Instagram and you said all these things and you put these, you know, these poison pills out there for the media to, uh, to feast on and, and, you know, drown us in all of these questions, we're going to go ahead and pay you anyways. I just, I, I don't get it. And I, I'm the same, I'm, I'm in the same boat with Lamar Jackson. Now, unfortunately, Lamar Jackson, I think, is, is creating his own problems because he's not represented by an agent. And I've talked about that before. I think that's creating a unique problem for Lamar Jackson, but similar situation. So I just thought it was interesting that Cliff, when asked a really simple question, you know, why did Kyler decide to just show up the one day and then decided not to show up the next, 
instead of saying, you know, we talked with Kyler, those absences were excused. We were glad to have him in camp the one day that he was here. The, you know, the, the team really got a jolt of energy from him being on the field. There was none of that. It was, and I quote, you'll have to ask him on that. That's it. That's all he said, and he immediately moved on to the next question. So if you think that this relationship is hunky-dory, <laughs> I got news for you. I got, I got some, some uh, oceanfront property I'd like to sell you uh, in Yuma because I don't, I'm not getting that vibe at all. And I'm going to text Tyler today and just kind of see if, if he feels that same way. Maybe, I, maybe I'm reading too much into this. Maybe I'm uh, expressing some kind of a bias because I am trying to prove myself right in the, in the fact that I said I would have never drafted a guy like Kyler Murray. I would have never drafted Kyler Murray specifically. Maybe I'm trying to find any way to make that a, a you know, more prevalent statement, but it wouldn't be the first time in my life that I had been right about something like that. It wouldn't even be the first time I would be right in that situation for a quarterback drafted by the Arizona Cardinals specifically. So I'm not looking for, like, a come up here. I'm not looking for, you know, my first – you know, my first bullseye. Been there, done that, saw the sequel, bought the T-shirt. Like, it, it's it's all been done before. This is, I, don't, I don't believe, I don't think that it's self-serving in my own mind. I've been around long enough to understand what people's body language and the things that they say, the way that they say them, and I did not get that information from a transcript. I watched the video of the press conference. I did not just read an article and read the words that were said and took it out of context. I watched the video of the press conference, and the indication to me was that Cliff was not happy talking about Kyler in that, in that space, in that particular instance. Didn't have an answer and wanted to move on. Now, later on in the, in the interview, at, near the end, uh, Tyler, again, Tyler Drake, once again, asked him a, a much more lighthearted question this time, asked him about being at Sean McVay's wedding because there were there were photos and stuff like that from McVay's wedding over the weekend, and Cliff was there, and he was taking pictures with all kinds of people and stuff like that. And obviously, uh, you know, Cliff, you know, it's, it, it was a big wedding. So, uh, you know, Cliff said, he's got, Sean's got a hell of a lot more money than I do, that's for sure. Apparently it was a very ritzy wedding. Um and then he also made a joke. Now, I watched the video on the joke, which apparently most people didn't, or media members of the media who got upset about what, he, what Cliff Kingsbury said in the quote, uh, they didn't watch the video either. Because if he had watched the video, you understand, like, he was joking. But the intimation was is that he was tampering with players while he was at the wedding. Cliff started off talking about Aaron Donald. Basically said, uh, I tried to talk Aaron into retiring, told him that he's, you know, he's done everything that he's needed to do in the NFL, doesn't need to do anymore, and that he should enjoy his retirement, revel in the fact that he's one of the greatest players of all time. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically that was the gist of it. And then he said, and then I saw Cooper, and I told him, I said, hey, man, you got to stop giving, you know, you got to stop giving Sean the McVeigh discount. Like you got to go out there and get paid uh, on your level and stop pl- stop playing for the for the Sean McVay discount. <laughs> like, like that's funny stuff. Like because 
that's been kind of the joke around the NFL for a while is that Cup just likes playing and being around Sean McVay, and Sean allows him to kind of you know live his life and do the things that he wants to do. Not that Cooper Cup is a wild man or that he's a uh, rogue or anything like that, but I think that, that, that Cooper Cup experiences a lot of perks playing for Sean McVay, things that he likes, an environment that he really enjoys and a culture that he, that he fits into well, which speaks volumes about a lot of things. And that, and that Cooper Cup has been giving him a discount. That was, I mean, that was the discussion all last year, you know, amongst you know, a kind of underlying discussion about, about that, that relationship there. Then, of course, you know, Monday, or was it Monday or Tuesday, the Rams backed up the Brinks truck to Cooper Cup's house and dropped off a gigantic bag with $75 million in it. So, the you know, it was funny because, you know, Cliff said he, he mentioned to Cooper at the wedding, hey, you got to stop paying for the McVay discount, and then the Rams paid him two days later, which I think is kind of funny. Now, the L.A. media immediately went out there and was like, oh, Cliff Kingsbury's tampering, and the NFL needs to look into this, and that's a fine, and that should be draft picks taken away and all this stuff. You can't tamper with our players out of, you know, in any – any form, and these are players under contract, and these are things you're taking seriously. And bro, settle down. <laughs> like it was a freaking joke. Cliff, okay, Cliff is not the um, he, he he's not exactly like your you know George Carlin or Richard Pryor type of delivery, where the pause and the way that you deliver a joke is pure perfection, and you're able to even something that's you know, not the greatest joke in the history of the world can be made to sound so much funnier because of how you deliver it. Cliff is not a very animated person. Anyone who's ever been in a room with him will tell you that. He just kind of sits there straight-laced and talks. He says funny things. Like he, there's a lot going around in, in that in that head of his, but he's, he's, you know, just kind of wired to just look straight ahead and just talk. So he's not the most animated person. He's not like, you know, like if, if – I'm trying to think of somebody who, if Pete Carroll, you know, who's really animated, and Pete's kind of got that that real charisma about him. Like Pete, you can tell Pete can tell a joke. Like it would be fun to just hang out with with Pete Carroll and just listen to the joke. Like my, being around his son Brennan. Like I'll tell you all you need to know about the way Pete is. Like Brennan's a jokester. Brennan's a funny guy. <laughs> Pete's probably the same way. So, to, Cliff. Not the best delivery in the world, but I think everybody in that room knew exactly what he was getting at. There were members of the media that were laughing and things like that. And the the L.A. media was just, they were beside themselves yesterday. And it was like, I was getting a laugh out of it because I'm like, are these people serious? Like, are they being, like, are they being genuine? Are they genuinely upset about this? Because all I have to do is not read the quote that was that was given and just go to watch the video and you'll realize that, Cliff was just joking. Settle down. He opened it by saying Sean's got a lot more money than I do and laughing about the wedding and such. And there's obviously, you know, a relationship there between Cliff and Sean because of the pictures that were taken at the wedding. They're tweeted out by NFL Network, for God's sakes. (laughs) So not like a secretly, you know, coaches meeting at a wedding and trying to discuss players and all this. It didn't happen like that. L.A. media, man, toughen up. My goodness. And this is coming from the, you know, from the Arizona media, Phoenix and Tucson media, who's been called some of the softest in the world. It's probably true. <laughs> probably true. All right. We're going to take a timeout. When I return, 
More after this on The Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Congratulations to Gary Coletta. Gary Coletta of Morana was the winner of our tickets that we gave away in the uh, previous segment. Congratulations, Gary. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the uh, the D-backs and Twins game with you and whomever you decide to take. Uh, safe travels up to uh, to Phoenix to watch the game, and thank you for listening. Appreciate that. Enjoy it, man. And uh, that uh, wraps up our tickets for the week. And as I mentioned, though, we'll have some more tickets to give away to stuff that I don't want to reveal until uh, Monday of stuff that we'll be giving away next week. I think we got a couple of different types of contests going on next week. So be able to listen for that. We got we got things happening around here. Things are things are moving. Even though it's summertime and we're approaching the dog days, the uh, uh, the promotions company, the promotions team is coming up with some with some good stuff. There was a a list put out yesterday, and I, I mentioned this this Twitter account before. It's called Big Game Boomer at Big Game Boomer. Um, and they do these, you know, these lists and stuff like that, and it's the top 25 this and the top 10 this and the top 25 that. Yesterday's was the top 25 most difficult head coaching jobs in college. And Arizona showed up on the list at number 18, sandwiched between Ole Miss and Northwestern. Now, interestingly enough, the <clears throat> the – I guess the, the overall general tone of this particular list kind of speaks to what makes a, a job difficult in college football because you either have a school with incredibly, uh, probably unfounded and ridiculous uh, uh, you know, expectations, which is the number one school on the list. It's Auburn. Auburn, you can win a championship and get fired six games into the next season. Yeah, we've seen that happen before. A lot of times unrealistic expectations at Auburn because of who your in-state rival is. Makes things very difficult. Another brand of schools that are on this list are the nerd schools. Okay, Vanderbilt, Duke, uh, Northwestern, Cal. You know, those those types of, of schools where, you know, the, the – uh, you know, the, the recruitment process requires so many heightened academic, uh, you know, you know, type of requirements that it makes it difficult to recruit uh, to that school. Then you have other schools on there that are just kind of like have never really established a great football program and are in an you know a, a big conference with a lot of competition. Schools like like Arkansas and South Carolina. Arkansas has different kinds of, of pressure on them because of one of their alum, <laughs> Jerry Jones. You have Kansas, uh, Iowa State, Washington State, Ole Miss, aforementioned. And you also have Arizona, which is a school who has seen some success in the, you know, in the past in college football, have been ranked in the top ten and the top five at the end of the seasons before, have won Fiesta Bowls, one of them, a runaway victory over a dominant force in college football at the time in the 29 nothing victory in the Fiesta Bowl over Miami. So I found it an interesting take on on this. And, and the, the top five 
is Auburn one, Vanderbilt two. Vanderbilt's in, in like the worst situation ever because you got a nerd school that has never had an established football program, and they play in the SEC. Good luck. Number three is an interesting one, and in regards to most difficult head coaching jobs in the country, and and my producer Mary will have a little bit of probably an opinion on this. Nebraska is number three. I, listen. I know Nebraska has a rich history of wish, winning national championships, and there are plenty of people out there who you know were alive to watch that team play. And, you know, essentially, when I say alive, I mean were old enough to understand what they were seeing when some of those great teams from the '80s and early '90s were just dominating the landscape of college football and considered one of the best teams of all time. You know, a single season being one of the greatest college football teams of all time. I don't know if it's the most the third most difficult job in all of college football, though. I know expectations are high, but uh, you know I feel like you know you can still compete in the Big Ten, and eventually you're going to get over the hump of you know all those things that all the 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 events that transpired that led you to the point of where you're winning two games in a season, and you have to rebuild all of that. You know, and and I understand having a legendary coach and then not being able to uphold those standards. It would be like it would be like if Arizona, okay, after Lute Olson had retired. It would be like if Arizona went out there and their next five head coaches in, you know, in program history had just been complete disasters. Like one disaster after another. Finishing ninth in the conference. Uh, 10th in the conference, not making the tournament for 11 straight years, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I can understand that. Would that make the Arizona basketball job one of the toughest basketball jobs in America, though? I don't think so. Same way I kind of feel about Nebraska. I think Nebraska's, look, first of all, every head coaching job is tough, every single one of them. Cliff Kingsbury talked about it yesterday in that press conference. They were asking him, I can't remember what, they were asking, what the exact question was, but uh, basically it was like, um, the air up here is much nicer than it is down there, meaning that the college football uh, head coaching is a tireless, thankless job. And he's right. I just, I just thought there was some interesting, interesting names and such on this list as far as schools go. Uh, it, you know, is who's you know the toughest head coaching jobs in all of college football. Arizona being 18th on the list, I'm not surprised to see Arizona on the list. I'm really not. Between facilities, you know, it's an old stadium. You play in Tucson. It's a small market. When a lot of people visit, when you know, when you visit Tucson from outside, I, I think a lot of times you don't get to see the real beauty of Tucson. There, Tucson's a beautiful city, surrounded on three sides by mountains. There's all kinds of beautiful desert and landscape out there, but people don't fully grasp. I think the desert landscape. I think maybe as some as as much as others do, and. Not going to be, you know, not going to sugarcoat anything here. Tucson has some really ugly parts <laughs> to it. I mean, there's there's some parts of Tucson that are not quite savory, and it may, you know, it, it, when you go to you know, Tallahassee or Tempe, for even for that, you know, for that matter, Tempe's got some really ugly parts too. But it's you know this huge city and all this other kind of stuff. So I I get it. There's a lot of of things going against the University of Arizona. So I'm not surprised to see them on this list. I don't think it's on the list because of expectations. I think the fans certainly over the last, you know, the last decade or so 
have been able to, uh, I, I guess, kind of manage their expectations a little bit better. But things are starting to turn around here for Arizona, and Jed Fish has taken this difficult coaching job and turned it into something fun and made it, you know, obviously it's a challenge for him. And people that embrace challenges and find new ways to inject excitement around that challenge I think are the right recipe for exactly what Arizona needed. This baseball season, swing for the fences on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. All you got to do is sign up with my promo code, DEAN, that's uh, exclusive to FanDuel Sportsbook, to get in on all the action. FanDuel allows you to bet money line, home run props, strikeout totals, so much more. Plus, you can combine your bets for an even bigger payday by using their same-game parlay system. And with FanDuel, of course, you can build your same-game parlay your way. If you're looking to bet baseball, I recommend trying to find you know a parlay that has a home run hitter. So, like, if you bet Max Muncy yesterday, congratulations. You probably took a stab at that one, and uh, he hit that big dinger to, uh, to put the, uh, the Dodgers ahead of the White Sox in that stupid move by Tony La Russa. But look for home runs who are playing in home run friendly ballparks, New York, Boston, those types of places. The right now pitchers over the strikeout bets, like you know, their over under is five and a half. The over is money right now. Pitchers are striking out batters at a ridiculous pace. Something as simple as picking a player to get a hit can even have a nice payday. Then they also have this series winner SGP tab where you can pick which team you think is going to win the the three game series between the two teams. I think it's great. Uh, there's all kinds of different ways you can bet. Uh, and, of course, you can bet the traditionals, the spread, the money line, the over-under, and all that. Or FanDuel has a unique function for Major League Baseball, which they call their parlay builder function. You can just click little drop-down menus that will assist you in kind of putting together a same-game parlay. Now, if you haven't tried FanDuel, it's the perfect time to give it a shot. Just join with my promo code DEAN and turn a $5 bet into $200 in free bets Win or lose, exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 and over in President Arizona. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit is required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. More after this on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here. Just the final 15 minutes or so of this week's edition. The week went fast. I am looking forward, to, as I mentioned yesterday, I'll be in Tucson this weekend. I'm heading down uh, this afternoon. Going to be heading over to the Casino del Sol Resort and uh, Casino over there is. There's a, a big event going on tonight for the Boys and Girls Clubs of Tucson. It's their annual Youth of the Year award dinner, the uh, Steak and Burger event, as it's called. Love it. I've been involved with it for about seven years now, and uh, absolutely love it. Dana Cooper is going to be hosting tonight. Love being around Dana. Awesome dude. And uh, all the wonderful people there in the uh, in the Tucson community, southern Tucson community, that just continue to give to that great organization and allow these kids to have an outlet and somewhere to go. Um, as I mentioned you, you know, on the show yesterday, there are, you, you sit you sit with the kids that are in these clubhouses. You sit with them at the tables, and they get these you know these steak dinners and stuff, and it's it's really cool. They you know they've never, a lot of them have never had that kind of a meal. 
Um, I remember one year, a young a young kid. He was you know probably seven or eight years old. Like legitimately, did not know how to use a knife and a fork. Like he like he didn't know what to do with the steak. And one of the people at the at, at our you know one of the the adults at our table, one of the uh, the uh, the donors at our table, cut up a steak for him and was like, you know, here you go. And he enjoyed it. I mean, obviously, he was like, man, this is amazing. I you know this is the time of my life here. I'm getting to eat a steak and. You know, he won a basketball. I think he won a, a, you know, a basketball from the raffle and such. But there's just so many humbling experiences out there. And I, I, I implore everyone, anyone, to, uh, to get involved with a charity, especially if that charity involves something that, that you're passionate about, whether it be kids or pets or, you know, whatever it happens to be. Uh, get involved. Get involved with the community. It's, it is so incredibly rewarding. And I don't mean do it for yourself. It does. I mean, it does feel good. You know, do it with some anonymity. Don't be that person that's like, hey, I just dropped $100 into the exam this for this and pay it forward. You know, I, I can't stand that. Like, people that shout out their own, <laughs> like, giving moments. I have a friend who does this all the time. Like, she'll post on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. She's like, just paid for this person's coffee. Pay it forward. Yeah, yeah we get it. You're a good person You're trying to make up for all those horrible things you've done. <laughs> Like it's like what Bill Cosby said. He's like these are old people who are trying to get into heaven now. Uh, but I, again, I listen. I, I implore anyone to get involved with with something that you're passionate about. Whether, like I said, whether it's kids or pets, you know, dogs, animals, you know, what whatever is out there. If you're if you're thinking about it, or if you're if you've thought about it in the past, or if there's just something that you feel like maybe just as a you've never done before, you're missing, you're working with the homeless, just go into one of the kitchens to hand out food or whatever have you. I, I, I highly, highly recommend doing it. I mean, not, not for yourself. Getting out there and being with the people, that's, like, that's what matters most. Like having them feel, you know, your, your, you know, your compassion, your love, your spirit, like all those things about it that you bring with you. Because, again, if you're passionate about it, you're going to have that 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 air around you. They're going to have that aura. And people feed off of that. Uh, and I think that it's it's just important that we are there for one another. Because in this world, where we're at right now, man, it's ugly out there. <laughs> like, it's ugly. People are out for themselves, and uh, it gets kind of uh, uh, it, it's, it gets kind of old. After I shouldn't say it gets kind of old. It gets real old after a short amount of time. So uh, looking forward to tonight. Always like being there. It's, it's just a great experience. And even though, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, the, the giant donor of, of, uh, of the, you know, the Boys and Girls Clubs of Tucson and stuff, uh, I, I feel like just giving in any kind of way, whether it's time, money, whatever have you, um, is, uh, is important, especially, I, like, just especially kids. Like, I don't have kids of my own, and uh, it's, it's – just something that I really, really enjoy doing. So looking forward to that tonight. Glad to be back in Tucson. Of course, a beautiful property there, Casino del Sol. Always, uh, always a good time there as they are so hospitable to, uh, to everybody, specifically the, the charity itself. Game four of the Celtics and Warriors tonight. Celtics are a three-and-a-half-point favorite in the game. They are now a heavy favorite to win the series. I believe they've moved up to a minus 225. Like I said, well, it was yesterday maybe. I feel I, like I think they they should be even a higher, uh, uh, you know, a higher favorite than that, like two forty, two fifty, somewhere around there. Just because I just I don't see it from the Warriors right now. 
The Celtics are bigger, they're more athletic, they're more confident, and they're blowing out the Warriors. The Warriors have no answers on defense. And I know that Steph, look, it looked like it, looked like it was bad. Steph was buying his time on the floor, trying to you know help his coach decide whether they were going to continue to play or not. And Steve Kerr pulled him, and Steve Kerr said, look, he goes, if it had been a closer game, he'd have played. So <laughs> that tells you everything you know right there. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure that if the Celtics win tonight, that that series is over. They'll be up three, one heading back to San Francisco for game five. I understand that, but look, I've said, I said yesterday that I think this thing could be over in five, just what I've seen in the first three games. And if the Celtics win tonight, I think that that, first of all, series is over. I'm just not sure if it's going to be over in five or over in six. I don't think it's going seven. If the Warriors win tonight and even it up, series is going seven, and then it's anybody's game. But the Warriors are going to have to dig down deep and find something that they have not had this entire series yet. Now, I don't know. Maybe it just takes, you know, Boston missing a bunch of three-pointers, which they are more than capable of doing, which we've seen plenty of times in the Eastern Conference playoffs where they've just gone dead cold. What was that one game there? was 6 of 40 or something like that? Like just, just like 14% from beyond the arc? It may take one of those type of nights for the Warriors to get back in this thing and even up the series. But like I said, if, if Boston wins tonight, the series is over. If the Warriors win, and look, I'll be honest with you, I'm having a real difficult time picking who I think is going to win tonight. Like I, I, I haven't placed my bet on FanDuel yet. I'm probably going to wait. Right until like four four thirty to kind of make my decision, I just I'm I am conflicted because nothing that I've seen from the Warriors tells me that they're going to win this game. But everything that I know about that organization, from Steve Kerr to Steph Curry to Clay Thompson to even to Draymond, who has just not been good, uh, everything about those you know those guys tells me that they certainly have the opportunity to take this championship and run with it. So, uh, again, I I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know. I bet the Warriors in game three. I bet them plus three and a half, and they got blown out. So I'm still a little bitter on that. We'll find out. But uh, basically, this is it for them. This is their this is their last chance to get a meaningful win in this game you know, in this series before it moves on to either the Celtics winning or it's it's a it's a it's a fight to win. The, you know, two of the next three games. So we will uh, we will see. But uh, should be interesting tonight. And, again, that game you can hear right here on ESPN Tucson. We will be joining it in progress immediately following the conclusion of Spears and Ali today from 3 to 6. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When I return, we'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. ESPN Tucson is giving you half-price Friday deals. Just go to ESPNTucson.com, click the half-price Friday deals link that you see there. And you can purchase a $50 Miller's Surplus gift, gift certificate for just 25 bucks. Miller's Surplus specializes in hardcore outdoor lifestyle gear and offers the largest selection of work boots and workwear in Tucson. They're located on the corner of 6th Ave and 7th Street. 
go to ESPNTucson.com, and you can buy a $50 gift card to Miller's for just 25 bucks. That's smoking deal and uh, always something to buy at Miller's Surplus. So go check it out. Go to ESPNTucson.com. Hopefully on Monday, well, I shouldn't say that. Hopefully on Monday I'll be talking about it. Hopefully today Spears and Ali will be talking about another commitment to Arizona basketball, maybe being that of Courtney Ramey, the guard from Texas, who is expected to decide any any moment, any day now, uh, his intent to of where he's going to play in the next season. It's down to Arizona and West Virginia. Everything that I've heard is Arizona, but it wouldn't surprise me if he goes to West Virginia. I try to reserve my my excitement for something that hasn't happened yet uh, until it actually does, and then I can get excited. So hopefully soon we'll be able to talk about that, but hopefully Monday I'll be able to, uh, to talk about the addition of Courtney Ramey and maybe anyone else. If F.E. Abogidi, uh, the, uh, the Washington State power forward who is looking to transfer, is currently in the transfer portal, he is you know still trying to decide whether he's going to stay at Wazoo or move on somewhere else. And anyone else that Arizona and Tommy Lloyd may be looking at in regards to bringing over a transfer to round out that roster, now sitting at 10, hopefully to be 11 with the addition of Courtney Ramey, fingers crossed, and then add that 12th scholarship player from the transfer portal to get ready for the 2022-23 season. Obviously, Wildcat football, we're still waiting to hear who that seventh commitment might be from the, uh, from the big weekend of recruits. Arizona also going to be hosting some more recruits this weekend. I think there's a few in town uh, this weekend. Not as big as last weekend, but certainly a few in town this weekend. So maybe some more news about the 2023 class coming up on Monday as well. Regardless, we'll have it all here for you, including uh, recaps of the Stanley Cup playoffs that are going on. Of course, Game 6 is tomorrow night in Tampa as the Lightning have a 3-2 lead. As you know, listen, I, I said earlier in the week, I think it'd be fun to have a lightning versus avalanche type of series. And not just because not just because they're two teams that have nicknames that don't end in an S, which is rare in uh, in sports. But, uh, you know, it would be fun to see the juggernaut that is the Colorado avalanche who just look unbeatable right now go up against the two-time defending champs who, I wouldn't say against all odds, they're the champs, but... They continue to show a lot of grit, and it's that that whole heart of a champion thing that you hear. It's a heart of a champion. I'm telling you, man, it's real. Like, there's a reason there's statements like that that get made all the time in sports and have been getting made for a long time because it's tough to beat the champ, whether it's baseball or hockey or boxing or whatever have you. It's tough to beat the champ. So uh, I think I think that'd be a great series. Not to, not anything against the Rangers. I'd love to see the blue shirts in the uh, in the Stanley Cup final, but. I think a, a lightning avalanche final uh, would be uh, would be great. <clears throat> so we'll have that updated for you. And then, of course, NBA finals. I, I certainly hope that things start to turn around for the NBA a little bit, like that they kind of figure out that people are tuning them out and are able to change some things in the next couple of years to come because I would hate to see the NBA go the way of Major League Baseball where people just aren't watching anymore, and that's a problem. All right, that is going to wrap things up for today's edition and this week's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Mary back in the studio for all her hard work. 
keeping us uh, on the air here, pushing all the right buttons and such. And, of course, thanks to you guys for tuning in here every weekday morning from 7 to 9 and tuning into the Jeff Dean Show. Looking forward to having a uh, great weekend down in Tucson. And we'll see you guys again on Monday morning. Tune in for Spears and Ali today from 3 to 6. And I will see you guys again next week on Monday right here on the Jeff Dean Show at 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back Monday morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson.